My name's Bobby. And I'm Sarah. And this is BS with Bobby and Sarah. Welcome to episode nine. And this week, Sarah is going to tell us what BS stands for because I'm putting you on the spot. Hot on the spot. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to go with, um, it stands for birds singing because the, the, I've seen a lot, seen and heard a lot of birds this week. And earlier you said, Bobby, that there was a bunch at your window and you were curious as to whether they were going to be picked up on the mic. And then I've been hearing them a lot, but at night, which is very strange in my opinion. Yes, I am like Snow White. Birds flock to, flock to me whenever I'm near windows. <laughs> um, I think birds, at, I did also have a, a period of of time like right outside my bedroom window birds were chirping like well into the night and really too early uh it's kind of them defending being like yeah bitch i'm still here (laughs) (laughs) i still have my eye on you exactly (laughs) Uh, have we ever talked about how i took ornithology in college i think we might have mentioned it but i don't know if you've gone into it for any specific reason well i mean we probably have talked about it in the episode where i talked about how much of a fucking nerd i am (laughs) i yeah that that topic comes up often (laughs) unfortunately for me it does i actually have three bird guidebooks right now on my bookshelf (laughs) (laughs) it just sounds so nerdy (laughs) but i love it i absolutely love it and what's nerdy is that I still have like 80 bird songs on my <laughs> iTunes because the the test was listening to these. And then in the wild, when we're walking around the whole class in the forest, just walking around with our binoculars, he'd be like, oh, what's that oh sound? Question. That's question number four. What bird is that call coming from? Oh, wow. 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 That is. So you had to wander the forest with binoculars and you had to identify these bird songs oh my goodness that does sound like some like are you secretly like 78 years old and (laughs) part of a like an old person community we are gonna get back to that because i've got a lot to say about antiques roadshow (laughs) about who antiques roadshow the show on pbs (laughs) okay You know, if I got uh, TV, I might watch that because I love when they get, when they bring in things that are worth so much money. But then you know what? I would feel like so compelled to probably bring in like some really random stuff and be like, um, this is worth like $2. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Are you sure it's not like 5000 Oh, But anyway. Well, I'm going to prey on that disability. Not, okay, not disability. Unability? What's the opposite of an ability? disability i think you're correct okay then i'm going to prey on your disability to judge how expensive things are because today in the game portion oh no i'm going to give you objects that have appeared on antiques roadshow (laughs) and you're going to have to decide which one was appraised higher oh god okay man you are so lucky i don't have that show and i've oh man okay well you know what honestly I, I have just as good of chances of of winning this as I would if I was watching it, because that's just how bad I am at games. <laughs> it's so pathetic. Don't worry about that, though. But actually, one thing I am impressed with is you didn't know that I was going to throw what BS stood for this week. You didn't know I was going to throw that mm-hmm. over to you. No, I did not. And you came up you... with that pretty quickly, and I... <laughs> 
honestly, I expected you to fail and have nothing ready. Oh, haha. And <laughs> so my backup was I couldn't think of a good. Well, this is a good B word. <laughs> this is a good B word to describe it, but I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of a word that meant what I wanted it to mean with a letter B. I even checked thesaurus.com multiple times. <laughs> and the synonyms. But what I was going to say BS stood for was beautiful Sarita. Because. Aww. Because. That needs explanation? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, proceed. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> well, you have a lot to talk about this week. I do. So the B word I was looking for was something like, you know, totally mm. Sarah or like everything Sarah. Oh, okay. You know, comp- bastante. Completely Sarah. Bastante Sarah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I can see it. There's probably no B word for that. Thesaurus.com confirms that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to talk about this week? Let's dive right in. Well, speaking of your bird obsession, you nerd, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk about some obsessions because I've been obsessed with this with a couple of songs lately. Like, I'm usually the kind of person, like after high school, the high school period where, you know, you listen to a song and you love it and you play it over and over, but then you learn quickly that those songs get really annoying to you, but not the whole, the whole world hasn't caught up in how annoying that is anymore. Okay. So they'll still play it over and over back in the day and on the radio and you would get even more sick of it. So I stopped listening to songs that I really, really liked over and over again in like an obsessive manner. But for some reason, this past couple of weeks, I've been just like on a kick and one of them is from the eurovision contest and it's soldi the one from the italian i think they won second place right and how would you describe italy's song which they did finish in second place it's like italian yeah kind of like rap not but not like how we have rap these days that's like a little too crazy it's a little bit more like melodic and and steady it's got a great beat it's almost maybe like pop rap in a way it was like a slow, like slow ballad rapping. rapping. <laughs> ballad rapping, yes. And I'm still not sick of it. So I've experienced that with that song, Soldi. Um, and then High Horse by Casey Musgraves. I think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. And then these other two songs by, I think the name is Esquerdo, E S K E E R D O. I think from L.A. But anyway, yeah, the song is called Never Learned. And then the other one, I Know Somebody. Both of those songs have just been like on repeat. I mean, as long as you keep trucking on, just not binging on it till you're sick. What I'm trying to think of some <laughs> food I last binged on so much that I no longer want it. Ooh, yeah. What did I do that once? I think I did that with Madeline's ones. Those little like pastry, like those little tiny breads. Mm hmm. Like in the shape of, shape of a shell. Yeah. Ooh. Say that fast. Shape of a shell. Shape oh, of there a we shell. go. I got it. Never mind. <laughs> Not Sa- as hard as I thought it was. Sally's shape of yeah, a shell. Yeah, those things are delicious. On the seashore. Shape of the shell on the seashore. <laughs> shape of the cell. Shape of the shell on the seashore. Seashore. She is sore. <laughs> oh, naughty. You've always been a huge fan of music, so I could definitely see how you could get obsessed with 
music or a song or an yes. artist or a style. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, when you when we did that episode and you discovered that song, Bobby and Sarah, I listened to that so many times. It's just such a good, cute song. Yes, that was super bluegrass twangy uh-huh. song, right? Yeah, and I was like, I love that song. And it got me into that groove. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And what I love about, like, because I listen to music mostly on Spotify, is that you can specifically choose a song and then play, like, choose to play a radio from that song or from the artist. So it'll give you, like, you know, more stuff similar to that style. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's great. I guess Pandora does that, too. Do you have any other obsessions to talk about? Or was it mostly music? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I Notebooks. I was been, I was looking for my notebook where I write my lyrics and stuff, because Eric and I are going to be working on actually recording some songs this summer. Yes, that's right. And Ladies like, and gentlemen, she is not only a podcaster, a double a duo podcaster she's also a song songstress (laughs) yeah i actually don't know if there's a difference between songwriter or lyricist because i feel like songwriter includes like the music and that you have to know notes like i know none of that stuff so you love yourself some journals are we talking moleskins are we talking about little notepads like a police officer writes down on in the 1980s (laughs) um well that's that part of the obsession is because i have a very wide like of it like i will i enjoy all kinds you got spirals moleskins although i don't think i own any moleskin just maybe moleskin type like the ones you've gotten me are like perfect size that's because i'm a perfect gift giver (laughs) you are you are excellent as that at that and it's like people are are well i think you've known for a while but people that didn't know me forever um are starting to kind of catch on so i get them as gifts sometimes and it's like you would think i'd be like oh great where am i gonna put this but no it brings me so much joy every time and i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> so i was looking for a notebook with like my lyrics because i need to finish a bunch of them and i can't find it so i was like shit that's the drawback <laughs> that's where it is <laughs> so now i have to like dig through my completely full up closet and like look through all my late my bag lady bags and (laughs) look for my notebook out of 10 notebooks maybe three of them are specifically for just music and like the lyrics and stuff and then one for one podcast and one for the other podcast and then the other one's just random you know so it's like i I assign them kind of like their duty or a general duty is that i was gonna say is general duty what you call (laughs) your your other podcast (laughs) No, but I'm going to make a note because that would be a perfect little um, tag for it. So I can label it general <laughs> duty, <laughs> but I'm going to spell it D-O-O-Y because, you know, that's the joke. Gotsta. Yeah. And then along the same lines as notebooks, it's the pens. So notebooks and pens. Oh, my God. I could not have enough. I actually had to throw out like, um, was it two or three? I'm just going to say two to be safe. Of like, you know, like when you get like a big pair of shoes, um, like a boots or something like that's a pretty big shoe box. Yes, I do. Cause I have very big feet. <laughs> so maybe it was Wait. even one of the boxes that I stole from you or something. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, I have very big feet and you know yeah, what that means. You know what big, that means. Big shoes and big shoe box. <laughs> and just a giant socks. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> we are so lame. I'm so lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, pens. Oh, my God. I had to throw out so many pens. They were just dried out and crazy. And I still have like a big bucket full of pens and pencils. And then and those are just the ones that are like the ones that I kind of wanted to keep that still worked. Now I have a whole other like um, gallon size Ziploc bag, mm, about three quarters full of pens. That I, those are the ones I use the most, though. So I can't, I mean, but I'm ready. Like, I, there's just the other bucket is just sitting in my closet. So if anyone wants some pens from your real cool friends over here. She's got literal Ziploc bags full of pens, like a crazy homeless person to order. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'll have to post pictures of it. Oh. All right. So you've mentioned obsession with music and pens and journals. Do you have any obsessions with anything bad like Ooh. hardcore <laughs> what was i gonna say was... you were gonna say porn weren't you i no. before i said hardcore i was thinking something else satanism or oh damn or oh i think i was gonna say like heroin hardcore dr- i was gonna say hardcore drugs no i'm lame that way like no no drugs and it's because i know i have an obsessive personality and i know that if i enjoyed any aspect of that of those shenanigans that i there'd be no coming back man i would i would dive deep <laughs> at least you know it and that's you know knowledge is half the battle yeah. is that what they say i don't yeah. fucking know i'm not one of those motivational speakers <laughs> Go to some other podcast if you want to be inspired. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so how about you, Bobby? Do you have any obsessions? I Because I'm an angel over here. You know what? I'm not sure. Maybe if I thought long and hard enough, but maybe, I guess it's a good thing that nothing pops up right away. Yeah. Although sometimes I wouldn't say I get obsessed. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I'll find a YouTube channel, like, I don't even know what it's called because it's in Chinese characters, but there's like (laughs) these women on YouTube that they make like Chinese cooking videos and they're, you know, living in rural China, you know, going to pick some fruit and veg in the garden and they're cooking it using like old techniques. Mm -hmm. I get pretty into that kind of stuff, but I, I don't really know if I'm obsessed with anything okay what about like would you consider that thing you said that you do with your hair like when you're nervous or stressed out would you would you consider that like an obsessive behavior and what sarah's talking about is and honestly it's like you're here in the room with me even though you're not because i am i was literally doing it as you mentioned it. no you were not (laughs) yeah (laughs) when my hair is is long and if i'm bored or anxious, nervous, um, I will take a piece of hair from the back of my head and twirl it, and then I will like wrap it around itself, almost kind of like a, a Bantu knot, mm-hmm. kind of like Jada Pinkett Smith in The Matrix. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'll put my finger through it and pull out so that the hair straight gets straightened out. Ouch. And sometimes hair does come out with it, and... It's definitely a thing in my family that a lot of people in, in my family do. Wait, to the point f- where Whoa. if I'm trying to concentrate on some work I'm doing or if I'm trying to meet a deadline and I get super anxious about it, I have to put a hat on. 
<laughs> that's good that you have protection <laughs> also i'm gonna get, get a bald spot but no that is not an obsession that's more like a obsessive like a coping mechanism or something yeah i'm definitely not uh, like obsessed with my hair my gorgeous maneful of hair yeah your golden locks or tan brown your brown locks <laughs> Yeah, and you don't eat it or anything, so there's that. <laughs> no, I definitely do not eat my hair. Although, if I had long hair, um, I always thought that if I had long hair like a girl, I would like chew on my ponytail just to see what it tastes oh, like. It seems like it would be weird. You'd be one of those. I mean, I have long hair, and I, I, I don't enjoy chewing my hair. I, like, I, I know what that sensation you're talking about. Well, you probably don't know. Have you ever chewed someone's hair? Even if, I mean, because it probably wasn't yours. But have you ever done it? Like, have you ever chewed someone's hair? I am not going to disclose that at this time. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Hmm. No, I've never asked a woman to chew their hair, and I'm sure none of them would have ever consented, because that's weird as fuck. <laughs> You'd never know. People are into some weird stuff. That's true. <laughs> Plus, I mean, they probably wouldn't feel it. Like, if the middle of the night, you just take the end tips and be like, arr, 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 just gnaw at it. You know what, Bobby? Maybe next time I'll just come over and be able to stick my hair, my ponytail in your mouth, and just be like, let's get this over with. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I do not it. consent to. I don't consent to that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's got to be both ways consensual. <laughs> yes. If any of you listeners have any obsessions, you know, go ahead and feel free to tweet us. We actually have a Twitter, even though I've only tweeted one thing. But our handle is BS with BS Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Um, I think the only thing that I've ever tweeted out before. Yeah. And. No one has seen it, so I have no problem saying it again. Is why does anyone buy rubber bands when you get them free when you buy some broccoli? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but what if you need like seven rubber bands? You're not gonna go buy seven giant things of broccoli. You don't I even buy also... broccoli. You hate broccoli. <laughs> I do hate broccoli, but the times that or okay, you know what? They also come in asparagus. <laughs> but i i had asparagus this past week and i thought yes one more to add to my rubber band bag <laughs> and it's always the really thick one thick purple ones yes i re actually really love their rubber bands because they are so great they have great strength textile ten tensile what's that word bobby tensile strength yes there you go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so if you want such great short wonderings <laughs> like that follow us on twitter yes i actually kind of i forget twitter exists so i have to be on there more often and listen and read because yeah there are some hilarious things on there and it is i i think twitter is a really great platform for you because you have those great like one-liner type things i agree you want to hear another one yeah here's another thing i get confused between tornado watch and tornado warning Mm, that's not Which, a good thing. I know. It could be the literal difference between life and death. Because I'm thinking <laughs> Tornado Watch is like, watch out. Here it fucking comes. <laughs> <laughs> watch it come through your window right now. 
and then the other one a tornado warning is like careful you know it's the conditions i'm warning you now something might happen yeah get in your car go home you've got some time (laughs) so i think i'm more confused about the fact that it's watch like watch out or literal watch the fuck out it is coming for you (laughs) yeah that's quite the difference like you said uh between life and death so which one's which bobby i want i need to make sure that we leave this episode with you knowing the difference (laughs) i believe watch is like watch the skies it could happen and warning is get the fuck in your cellar (laughs) okay all right cool yes and that's public service announcement (laughs) thanks for the psa (laughs) yeah have we gotten ever any tornadoes around here i think so right tornadoes can mostly happen anywhere the two deadliest tornadoes in world history happened in bangladesh um is that india oh my god you just offended our all our bangladeshi and indian <laughs> i'm <listeners>. so sorry <laughs> they are neighbors but they're not the same place oh okay 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 good <laughs> i take it back <laughs> i just need to look at a map more often dude like whoa there's another interesting tweet tidbit for you but what else what else you got for us this week because this is mostly about you even though i keep butting in with stupid shit no but that's the best part i swear okay i hear you thought you wouldn't have anything that is kind of our entire relationship (laughs) 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 yeah okay speaking of social media um my brother-in-law came from a trip one uh my my brother-in-law came from a trip a few weeks ago and he he's like i was at the bookstore you know at the airport and i saw this book and i thought of you and he like he just gave it to me i was like this random gift gift and it was so freaking cute and it's called um hold on a second let me get it is it called geography for dummies (laughs) you bastard (laughs) (laughs) it is not (laughs) but i'm putting it on the wish list (laughs) All right, so the book is called Read This If You Want to Be Instagram Famous. And it's got a bunch of like um, like really good tips for social media specific to Instagram. Is it like to push up the tits and stick out the ass? <laughs> no, it's not that generic. It actually has like legit suggestions and stuff. Oh, and okay. And I was wondering, I was like, what? I was like, do I give off an air that I want to be Instagram famous at all? could just be because he knows that you're doing these podcasts and you're on instagram so that's true i mean either way it was such a nice gesture and i I really love the book because like how nice was that that he just randomly thought of me while seeing a book with the word famous in it all right (laughs) (laughs) but i am thinking of going back on the dating scene and it's oh man what a drag. It really is. It is. Oh, I, mean, I was talking to my friend in, when I was in Colorado a couple weeks ago, and she really enjoys dating. Like, she has fun with it. And to me, it is just a stress and very stressful and full of anxiety. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But it's like. Um, I w- not to call Christy a salute or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully she doesn't listen. If you do, hey, girl. <laughs> But what I'm trying to say is the more you do it, like the 
the less it'll be a thing, the less it'll be, you know, great expectations. Charles Dickens, horrible novel that I had to read in high school. It'll just be like, <laughs> Really? It was horrible? I haven't read it yet. I think it was horrible because I had to read literally like 50 pages a night because my freshman literature teacher was insane. Ooh, ouch. I think you just need to, I mean, it's easy for me to say because I've been shacked up for a while. <laughs> shacked up. <laughs> no big deal. Actually, no, I, I must remain relatable and available to my followers yeah Yeah. people be like oh that bobby (laughs) it's a mystery but you know sarah's free so slide into those dms (laughs) what what should dm stand for like do me no (sighs) gross no i'm i'm something like dungeon master slide into her dungeon master now slide into her dirty maracas Hashtag dirty maracas. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. So yeah, uh, just tag dirty dirty maracas and I'll find (laughs) you. We'll set up a date. (laughs) And thus concludes dating relationship session with Bobby. That'll be $200 for those three minutes. Alrighty then. (laughs) (laughs) Man, well, you're good. You're worth it. And I wish you luck on this horrible, horrible journey that is dating in this day and age. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Call back to when you called me like a 78-year-old man. <laughs> I... I speak it the truth. <laughs> I fucking love Antiques Roadshow. And for those of you who don't know, it's on PBS. Oh, PBS. And it's a show where people bring stuff and then they have it appraised. It's like a big old fair. Bring whatever you have you think might be worth money. And at the Antiques Roadshow, they have all these appraisers from art, furniture, culture, sports memorabilia. And you'll learn about a product or you'll learn about an item and then you'll find out how much it's worth. Awesome. So I love watching it. I do feel like an 80-year-old man. I watch (laughs) it on DVR so I can fast forward through the things I don't care about. Oh. Because it's like... Oh, God, another bucolic painting of some trees. (laughs) Or if it's baseball memorabilia, like, I don't, I really don't care about this baseball and who hit it and what number home run it was. Yeah. (laughs) And then lots of times you'll get things like uh, a sword from someone's great grandpappy when he was a general in the Civil War for the Confederacy. I'm like, don't be so proud that your family was such a fan of slavery that they fought they would yeah. fight to the death to keep it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really good tip to DVR it, because then you can forward through not just that, but the commercials as well. Well, because this is PBS, there's no commercials in the middle of the show. It's like <gasps> for five minutes at the end. Oh my God, that sounds wonderful. I love you, PBS. <laughs> Pretty fucking sweet. Um, some of the things that I love about the show is you always get these people who are you just know are disappointed in the value. <laughs> that their item was appraised for yeah like they've they just thought it was going to be so fucking valuable and then you can see like their face dropped and they have a very reserved reaction (laughs) where i would be like oh thank you that like three grand for this oh hell yeah but they're like oh thank you good to know (laughs) wow the funny thing is more than they walked in with come on people exactly more often than not i would say it's like the middle-aged menopausal aged 
women that have that let me speak to your manager look. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have a few issues with some of the appraisers. And first off, the biggest bullshit that drives me insane is when they talk up the item. Like they get the person's hopes up. <gasps> they do that? Ooh. Well, okay. in... I think it's there's a disconnect because you'll have these people who study like furniture from Pennsylvania and they're all about furniture and when they see stuff they'll be like I gotta tell you when I saw this come in today I started to tear up this is the oldest surviving one of these I've ever seen <laughs> it is from the late 1600s it's in pristine condition and I would conservatively value this today at and then like you're waiting with bated breath. Yeah. 1000 to $2,000. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they just acted I like was, it was the last piece of furniture on the planet. I was already thinking about the vacations I was taking. I was going to put Molly through college and grad school. <laughs> Molly. <laughs> like, you motherfucking faith. <laughs> you motherfucker. Um, so that's... And if you watch an episode, sometimes you'll see this. The other gripe I have is the way that they will present the dollar value. Okay. They'll, once again, talk up an item. This is an oil painting from a famed Renaissance Dutch artist. You know, his works are in museums all over the world. So I would value this piece at $2,500. Oh, bastard. I'm like, you, fucker. <laughs> Everyone is thinking he's going to say 25000 Exactly. Oh. I'd get, if that happened to me, I'd give him, are you a fucking kidding me face? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a good face. People need to see your, your are you fucking kidding me face? <laughs> Why the hell would you not just say 2500 you a-hole? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is PBS. It's not Bravo. We don't need that tacky ass drama for a ratings boost. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, eighty year olds can only handle so much. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, damn, I get worked up about this garbage, but I still love the show. <laughs> I swear, I am more like an eighty year old man than I care to admit. <laughs> I'm like getting up in the middle of the night five times to take a piss because my prostate is inflamed. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Kidding. That's a joke. Yo, you know that, that bit of information you told me a while back about how um, the reason that the doctors tell tell the guys to turn their head and cough is yeah. that they don't cough on the doctor? Yeah. I just blew some people's minds a while ago with that little bit of information. They're like, what? Really? They're like, well, I guess that makes sense. But they were also wondering why I knew that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. of me. Like an 80-year-old, I will just coast up to some Antiques Roadshow with like a glass of prune juice. <laughs> Warmed up. And and my Werther's Original hard candy. <laughs> Do you know that or is that a white person thing? Oh, no, I know that. They're so good. My grandma used to have them, but she used to have more of the the, um, the ones that were in like the clear yellow cellophane. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that the w- only one I know. That was more, yeah. That okay, cool, cool, cool. Freaking delicious. Um, but back to Antiques Roadshow. Some I think what annoys me, I think what annoys me the most is when things I feel should be worth so mm-hmm. much are not. 
And I know it kind of depends on the appraiser. If you give three different appraisers an item, you'd get three different appraisal values. But, like, would they be um, within the same range? I mean, who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> and Because it all depends on the market. You know? Is there oh. a market for people to buy this? Otherwise, it's not going to be valued highly. Like, are you talking about New York? Are you talking about Denver? <laughs> it is kind of depressing to see things like a ceramic statue from a pre-Incan culture. Like, from yeah. the literal year 400. Whoa. And it's only worth two grand. And then immediately after that, you'll see a tea set and a teapot that looks like a duck (laughs) from not even 40 years ago, and it will be worth three times that price. Oh, but why? That is infuriating. Like I said, it's all about the market. Oh, that's the great thing about the show. Lots of times you'll never actually know the price, and that is actually what today's game is about. Oh, shit. I forgot about the game I was over here all enjoying, and now I'm back to terror. (laughs) I have not. What's going to happen today is I'm going to give you two items that appeared on an episode of Antiques Roadshow. Okay. I'll probably give you a little bit of a description, Mm -hmm. give you an idea about it, and then I want you to tell me which one was valued at, which one was appraised at a higher value. Okay, all right. I'm feeling good about this, actually. Oh, good, because that was only part one. Oh, shit. (laughs) Then, (laughs) if you do pick the correct value, you're going to have to choose what it was evaluated for. So this is like two tiers. Oh, no. Okay. Of getting the proper question just to get the point. And you may think that's fucked up, but... This is my game, and I make the fucking rules. <laughs> well, I'm glad you read my mind there. <laughs> yeah. All right, I've been All forewarned. Right. I thought it it was just going to be too easy to choose between A and B, so mm-hmm. I had to ramp it up. Yeah, you ramped it the fuck up. I have some sympathy for you, but this, <laughs> this ain't no charity. <laughs> this ain't no PBS special. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Oh, and... It would probably be better if this was visual so you could see things. Right. I think part of the game is going to be me describing things to you because, yes, this is only an audio format and it's not visual. So I'm going to do my best to describe things to you. Okay. Luckily, I have a great imagination. It is vivid AF. On our Instagram account, I think I am actually going to include a lot of pictures of these items today. So if you are curious about what I'm describing and you want to play along, go to the Instagram and look at the pictures. BS with BS podcast. Yeah. Play along, please. The first set of items you need to decide which as a higher appraisal value is a Chinese Yijing clay teapot from 1840. It's a tiny teapot earthenware. It's a beautiful dark red color. Going up against it is whale eardrums from 1935. Whale eardrums? Yes, they're two little sculptures. They look like gigantic kidney beans, but they are hollowed out. And they are from 1935. Which do you think had a higher appraisal value? Okay, so just to be sure, the whale eardrums are the eardrums of a whale? 
literally if you took an eardrum from a whale. Okay. Oh, gross. <laughs> the person's father-in-law was a physician for a whale company, and he acquired okay. them. Back in the back in the 20s and 30s, when they were still harvesting whales, it was legal to take whatever part of the whale you wanted. And so they'd Whoa, keep it as a souvenir. Okay. So even though they're super rare... Actually, I don't want to give that away. And the appraiser, mm-hmm. the appraiser does say that they are super rare. So they're super rare. But then again, like you were talking about earlier, like there's probably like no market for it. Like who the fuck is just going to want some whale eardrums unless I'm still going to say the clay teapot was, was valued more because it's also older and it's a teapot. People still use teapots. And the answer is the clay teapot was, despite being from 1840, it was only valued at $500. Well, e- oh shit! The whale eardrums priced at six hundred dollars. Oh, by one hundred dollars! Damn it! Question one, you're already wrong. Yeah. Question two, it is a set of jugs that look like you'd put moonshine in, but they were stoneware advertising jugs from 1900. It's just a company that says like Richard's a drug company, wholesale druggists. It literally says wholesale druggists. <laughs> okay from 1900 they're advertising ju- jugs from prohibition time where you could only have alcohol for medicinal purposes oh okay so stoneware advertising stoneware moonshine jugs from 1900 or a letter from civil war times it's this person's great-great-grandfather a letter that they wrote to his wife at the end of the Civil War. I don't know. America fucking loves their history, war history. Both of these are very historic times in our nation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Civil War letter is the the more expensive one. That is correct. Yes! Thank you, America. Oh. To get the point, the proper point, can you tell me, was this Civil War letter from 1865 evaluated at 500 or 1500? I'm going to say 1500. You're wrong. It was only worth $500. <laughs> Shit. Oh, so sorry. You get that question totally wrong. No point for you. Oh, so it, it voids the whole thing. I have to get them both right to be right. Yeah. Yeah, do. Oh, fuck. Sorry about it. Okay. Question three. A figure of the Grinch from the Grinch Stole Christmas, that green beast, he's in a Santa suit, and it's from 1966, or a tablecloth with people's autographs on it from 1960. The autographs are of people who sang at the Grand Ole Opry. Ooh, Okay. They were probably like great musicians. I'm, I'm, oh man, but then the Grinch, like that's just so freaking random. Like, why would that be there? I will let you know that some of the signatures on the blanket were Loretta Lynn. <gasps> oh shit. Okay. Ray Price and Richard Nixon. What? Okay. Okay. Then hands down the tablecloth. I'm going to, that, that was worth more. The tablecloth is only worth 600 $800. And if I'm telling you the value, you know, you got it wrong because you're not guessing the value. Oh, fuck. The MGM How? Grinch you... figure from 1966 was appraised at 
5,000? Are you kidding me right now? I know. That's why I thought it was what? perfect. Sorry. So you are 0 for 3. Trickery of the utmost. Trickery and deceit. I am so deceited right now. Next. All right. A sweater and a pair of cleats from the Yankees in 1925. This guy's grandfather was named Wally Pip, and he played for the New York Yankees. It was a team sweater that they gave the members in 1921, and this guy played for the Yankees for 11 years. And why this guy's kind of a big deal, Wally Pip got injured one day, and he said, let the rookie play, and that rookie was famed baseball athlete Lou Gehrig. Oh, no way! So it's a sweater and cleats from 1925 from the Yankees, or an Ebenezer Hartshorn Queen and High Chest from 1740, and it was made in the Boston area. Um, if you think about it, if it is from 1740, it's older than fucking America. Whoa. <laughs> and it okay. is about eight feet tall and beautiful wood. It's got metal drawer pulls. It's in fantastic condition. So was it the Yankee sweater and cleat from 1925 or a chest of drawers taller than a normal human being and older than this goddamn country of ours <laughs> well you mentioned the word ebenezer what does that mean ebenezer hartshorn i think is just the company oh okay all right the higher priced item was the chest the chest from 1740 was at most fifteen thousand dollars Shit, you're telling me the price. I am telling you the price. <laughs> that means that sweater and cleats, if they wanted to insure it, they needed to insure it for $77,500. <gasps> Whoa. That is some sports memorabilia and Americana. Yes, it is. And I thought it was a trick question because that was definitely what I thought would be valued more. But I was like, no, Bobby's all trickery and deceit and a tall ass chest. Like, <laughs> I'm so upset. I'm done spiraling. Let's move on to the next question. Question number five. A bowl from Hawaii carved out of wood from the year 1800. They would take the wood they would put it in a swamp so it stays the shape. Then they put hot coals in it to scrape out all the wood. They believe it to be Milo wood. It's really rare to find early bowls like this, says the appraiser. Uh, compare that with the Colima pottery dog figure. It's a tiny little red statue figurine. Okay. In the shape or an image of a dog from 200 BC to 200 AD. It's pre-Columbian art. Whoa. The statue figurine is made from pottery from the Colima culture, which is in western Mexico. Okay. Colima. Yes, 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 yes. I've actually been there. It is a signature looking piece for the Colima culture, and the appraiser says you could not find a better one. Couldn't I find a better one? All right. A very rare bowl from Hawaii from 1800, or a rare figurine from the Colima culture from, could be from literal year zero. 200 BC to 280. Um, my gut says Hawaiian bowl is the mo is the more expensive item. The Hawaiian bowl is only $5,500. God damn it. <laughs> the little pottery bright red fire engine dog is 10000 to 13000 
Whoa. Actually, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. I wish you could see this because it kind of looks like it has an anus. It looks like it has a, pr- a little <laughs> protrusion right where I saw His tail is up. So <laughs> So it's anatomically mm-hmm. correct or they... I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Question six. Oh, this yeah. one's going to be a tough one for me. Um, because it... For yes, you. Because it is from a tribe of Native Americans from the West Coast of British Columbia. This is an indigenous tribe from Vancouver Island, and they are known as Kwa 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 Wako. Ha ha. <laughs> it is K W A K W A K A apostrophe W A K W. Whoa. So I apologize for mispronouncing that. Obviously, I have. It's a set of four masks. It's kind of the face that you see on totem poles. Yeah. And it is four masks carved out of wood. There's two different masks there. There's three that are known as frontlet, and they were used by chiefs in social ceremonies. The three masks represent a thunderbird, a beaver, and they are assuming that it's around the year 1900. Going up against 1936, Carl Kraft's autumn red landscape oil painting. This would have been one of those things that I just blew past because I'm like, oh, God, another painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was an artist in the Chicago area. He did many paintings. It's got brilliant colors. It's called Autumn Reds. He did work all over the Midwest. All right. What was the name again? I'm not going to tell you if you're going to fucking Google it. No, I'm not going to Google it. Okay. No, I want to win good and true. His name is Carl Kraft. Okay, because the only reason I asked was because I was like, I'm wondering if I've... I've seen that name, but I think I'm thinking Carl Wright, and he was the playing guy, wasn't he? Orville Wright? <laughs> no. Okay, so it's between it's masks what... and an oil Correct. painting. Correct, it is between this landscape oil painting of, it's got trees, it's a gentle stream, there's a little mound in the background. To me, I think the native, the indigenous mask would be worth more, but I mean... I feel like it's America, so they'd probably value the painting more. I'm going to go with my principles on this one and go with the indigenous masks being worth more. You are correct. Yes! Yes! Now, don't get too excited. (laughs) Because now you got to tell me, are they valued at 50,000 or 33,000? Either way, these masks are like fucking, that's up there. That's the price of a car for these four masks that yes, are only 120 years old. Like, my question but, is, why aren't they given back to the to the tribes people or their descendants? That's a very good question. I wonder if after this episode, those people would be like, uh, hey, can we get those back? <laughs> I've been looking for that. Um, I'm going to go with 50. You are fucking correct. <gasps> really? These oh f- four masks from the Kwa Kwa Kawaka Kwa Kwa Kawaka masks from 1900 <laughs> are worth fifty to seventy thousand dollars. Whoa, 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 whoa! You guys, I just won one. <laughs> I'm not even excited winning the whole freaking game. Just winning the one freaking question. I was going to say, you're more impressed with the fact that you guessed correctly between A and B than you are that the fact that these masks are 
like 60 grand. <laughs> such a little bit. <laughs> uncultured piece of shit. No, Bobby, it's because I've lost so many games in a row, like viciously. Like, like people might actually question if I'm doing it on purpose. But I am not, I promise. <laughs> That's, that is, you're right. That is a lot for the masks. I wonder if they're doing it like per mask. No, altogether. Like as a group. Altogether. I'm still a friggin' ton of money. This is a long fucking episode, but it's also good to hang out with you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we're almost to the end. Don't worry. Question seven. Let's hope you get some momentum. <laughs> An autographed book from Disneyland in 1956. They had just opened the theme park. They got a lot of different signatures. The most valuable one is Walt Disney's autograph. <gasps> Ooh. His authentic autograph. Then he also has like people like the Mouseketeers, voice actors from the Disney Studios, to give you an idea. Yes. That is going up against a another painting, this time of Reverend Holyoke. He was the president of Harvard College second longest ranking president of that school the portrait was painted in 1749 1749 that is a long ass time ago but it's walt disney first of all can i interrupt and yeah. continue while you think of while i tell my little disney story i was so dumb as a kid that you know the very fanciful d yes disney it mm-hmm. like loops around i didn't know it was a D. I thought it was like a backwards G with a line through it for some fucking reason. Yeah, for the longest time, Carla and I thought it was a G, and we were just like, okay, that's weird. His name is Disney, but we, we didn't kind of really put it together until later that it was just like, oh, it's just very, like you said, fancy D. <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm not the only idiot. No. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> but yeah, you're not the only idiot. <laughs> You've had enough time to think about it. A I have. Disney autograph book, including including Walt Disney from 1956, or a painting from 1749 of like the first or sorry second dude that was president of Harvard. I would kind of want to say Walt Disney just because you know it's like Walt Disney and I'm a huge Disney fan. But I feel like appraisal wise, the Harvard University thing is a little bit more like historic value to it in a way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one's the more valuable piece of thing. Okay, let me break this down. You think people care more about this fucking old-ass dude who is president of Harvard than Walt Disney? (laughs) I don't think they should, but... (laughs) You are correct. This painting is much more expensive. (laughs) You're so excited. Okay, okay. Okay. All right, right. I can't get all the way excited. There's a second part to every answer. You still could get this wrong in my book. Okay, all right. Was this painting appraised at $90,000 or for $200,000? Oh my God. I'm going to say $90,000. Like that's 200 is too much. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> I win two questions. I'm going to do nine questions because it is episode nine and that's my favorite number. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's cool. All right. then uh, I had previously mentioned the Civil War. This person brought in some documents signed by Robert E. Lee from 1840. This was before he became the general and head of the Confederacy. He was still part of the United States Army at this time when he signed these uh, letters. A lot of his documents during the war and after the war are fairly common, but before the war, which is what these are, he was still part of the U.S. government, the U.S. Army. They're much rarer. 
Going up against these documents, once again, I have a little statue figurine from the Mississippian culture. Okay. It's a tiny little statue from 900 to 1500. The Mississippian culture was a mound-building Native American civilization, flourished in like the mid Midwest, Eastern, and Southeast. So they literally build mounds like like outside? Yeah, like hobbit houses. Oh, ooh, okay, okay. So this, they believe, is a, a shaman's effigy. It's marvelous, it's completely intact, good quality, and it's under seven inches. What's an effigy? An effigy is just a sculpture or a model of a person. Oh, oh, okay, okay. They usually don't get beyond about seven inches, and quite often they're much smaller, but this one is just under seven inches, so it's rather big, so it's highly significant. That being said, Robert E. Lee documents from 1840 or a Mississippian culture little statue. I'm going to go with the letters from Robert E. Lee because it was before it was like the more significant stuff. So, And Americans love their Americana and their <laughs> war and history. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Am I it's right? true. Yes! Tell me, were the documents worth 14000 or 6000 Oh, boogaboo. 6000 The figurine was 6000 The documents were fourteen to 21000 God damn it. Let's go out on a high note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the final question, question number nine. This is going to be really fucking hard because both of them are the almost the same exact thing. Okay. Which is why I decided for it to be the final one that's really fucked up. <laughs> they are both big metal cast figures of a lobster. Of a lobster? The first one is a Meiji period iron spiny lobster. It's literally a lobster <laughs> made out of iron. The Meiji era was an era in Japanese history that was from 1868 to 1912. It's completely articulated. It's got movable parts. Whoa. So it basically looks like an actual lobster, and it's made out of iron. Okay. <laughs> that is so random, but it sounds kind of cool, actually. Is it random? Because the next one is a 19th century Japanese bronze <laughs> crayfish and a crayfish crawdad. No, this is actually a fucking lobster, too. <laughs> they think it's a prawn or a shrimp, even though it looks exactly like the other lobster. So, you basically have iron or bronze, 19th century, Meiji era. Which one do you think it is? Is there a size difference? Very good question. No, they are approximately the same size, which is to say life size for a lobster. <laughs> Alrighty. So, I think it, it comes down to like bronze versus iron, right? I was going to say, basically, you tell me bronze or you tell me iron because everything else seems to be about the same. Except the iron one is articulated and it moves, so it's basically like a giant metal doll for Japanese children to play with. <laughs> Probably not the actual usage, but... Yeah, don't drop be. it on your toe, children. Use it as a doorstop. Doorstop, yeah, or cool-ass paperweight. The iron one is more expensive. The iron one is more expensive sarah look at you all right bring on the second part now i want you to tell me if it was worth thirty thousand dollars or seven thousand dollars daughter rooney's i'm gonna go with 30 it feels like something crazy like why a lobster i mean 
It's just a metal lobster that moves around, and it's from not okay. that long ago. Okay, then can I change it to seven? Nope, because you were actually correct. It was $30,000 for this <laughs> iron lobster from Japan. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm so glad you didn't let me change it. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a bullshit question in the first place. It's basically <laughs> the same item except for different metal, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What is the? I'm curious now what the price is for the bronze one. This the is very bronze close. one ended up being three thousand to five thousand. Oh, that's a huge difference. Holy whoa! Yep, I think a lot of it has to do with the articulation. The bronze oh. one does seem like it's frozen in time, and then the metal one you can actually play and move the legs like a fucking creepy little alien. That is really cool. Congratulations, you got three out of nine questions right, which is actually better than i thought you would do <laughs> i hope you had fun everyone remember to check out our instagram bs with bs podcast so you can check out pictures of some of these things i was talking about part of the game that i wanted to make it was difficult was you not being able to see what i was talking about yeah that was actually pretty challenging and but fun at the same time i felt like like a very smart 80 year old <laughs> <laughs> just for like the imagination part of it and if you too want to discuss Antiques Roadshow with me at any time, please just email me. BSWithBSPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about that, talk about your obsessions. Are you obsessed with Antiques Roadshow? Are you obsessed with <laughs> feet? Yeah, what are you obsessed with? Ew. You got a foot fetish. You can tell me about it. I won't care. I probably won't like read that entire email, but whatever. <laughs> just like the tag the, the subject line i mean <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah i've had enough but thank you for your input <laughs> <laughs> well i'll read them you don't have to worry about that tell a friend hashtag birth that info if you enjoyed listening to us tell someone else thanks for listening we will see you next time my name's bobby and i'm sarah and this has been some bs